Welcome to the Cuando Puedo podcast. I'm Sam, and on today's episode, we're getting a little personal and deep. Now, I know I said that each episode would have a different co-host, but today I thought I'd be doing it solo just to get a feel for it. I've decided to name this episode Water Your Flowers because it comes from a quote from one of my favorite book series, Yellow. This particular quote is condensed and comes from Blue, which is the second book out of the series by Lena Nottingham. There's flowers in your brain. When you're nice to yourself, you give the flowers water and sunshine. They can grow big and tall and soak up all the sun that they need, and people will see just how beautiful they are. But when you're hard on yourself and you say mean things about yourself which are untrue, you're stepping on the flowers and you're hurting them. There's an endless garden of thoughts and feelings in our bodies, and we have to make sure we treat them nicely. You don't see the progress you make in a day, even though you do make progress, little by little. And when you look back, and then you realize why everything happened the way it did, you just didn't know it at the time. It can be kind of annoying sometimes because everybody wants change right away, but it's always worth the wait. Flowers grow better in groups. When flowers grow together, they can hold each other up. This quote for me is something that is so important, and I've held it close to me since I read it back in 10th grade. Mental health is such a huge thing, and it's such an important conversation to be held, and yet it rarely ever is. The purpose of this podcast was just to have fun and be creative and push myself, but now that I think about it, if I could help someone through my episodes, I feel like I would have found my purpose. So I guess I'll just tell my story, and we'll go from there. This episode is not meant for children, and I'll add a trigger warning here for very sensitive topics. So I've struggled with a variety of mental illnesses since I was diagnosed with most of them at around 11 years old. At first, I had ADHD, which I was diagnosed with around kindergarten into first grade. And as I made my way through elementary school and it was time to get to middle school, that's when all the problems really started. I started getting bullied, which I think started slow and somehow turned into this fucking mess. Let me start by saying girls can be mean as fuck, especially middle school girls. I don't know if it was peer pressure from their friends or they thought that it would be cool, but what they didn't realize was that it leaves an impact. I was always told that I was mature for my age and attributed that to being raised around adults and hardly any children outside of school. I was extremely scared and it was really hard for me to make friends my age, so I tried to keep to myself. But the bullying continued so bad to the point that I didn't want to go to school anymore and I also began self-harming. I remember it being so damn hot in Dothan, where I'm from, and I would go to school with a jacket on to try and hide the scars on my arm. Beneha move right there. Um, My mom eventually found out and got me the help that I needed. I was diagnosed with major depression and major generalized anxiety, anxiety disorder at 11 years old. I felt so helpless and worthless because I believed all the lies that those girls told me. I'm not going to go into this next part too deeply, partly because one, it's a very sensitive topic, and two, I really don't have to, but I remember I had my first suicide attempt at 11 years old. I felt like there was no out for me. As a child, all of the thoughts that I had scared me because there were so many and they were all so new. I felt like there was no help anymore. And let me go on the record real quick and say that I'm not going to name drop these people, even though I remember them and the trauma they caused me very clearly. Um, as part of my healing and part of me going to therapy is forgiveness, so I forgive them. If you feel the guilt, recognize that and do better. Um, if it weren't for that part of my life, I wouldn't be here as strong as I am today. I've come to a point where I don't let middle school bother me anymore. Yeah, it was hell and really fucking degrading for me. And 
it was just horrible, but I give myself so much credit for making it through. If I could go back as my current self and tell my younger self something, it would be to keep going because I promise it gets better, as cliche as that sounds. I think we all have seasons in our lives, and at some point when we come across a season, it's a good season, and some of them are bad seasons, but seasons always change, and that's what grows us as people. It's not going to be bad forever. Summer of 2014, my parents and I moved to Ohio, where my family is originally from, and that was a huge change for me. I think I really needed it, though, because Alabama did nothing for me. All it did for me was cause emotional damage and hair problems because of the fucking humidity. When we moved to Ohio, I was going into my sophomore year, and to say I was scared would be an understatement. I was so lucky to have a couple cousins going to the same school as me, although Yanis was two years ahead and Shay was a year behind. Without them, I don't think I would have survived at all. Around this time is when my anxiety continued, but my depression was slightly pushed to the side. Um, I started to see a new psychiatrist, who I still see today, and she took a more immersive look into my history and how I felt at the time, and that's when I found out I had bipolar 1 and borderline personality disorder. God, I know I'm making myself sound so bad right now with all these fucking medical issues, but I promise I'm fine. <laughs> um, so the symptoms weren't horrible throughout school, but flash forward to the end of my senior year, and my anxiety was at an all-time high. I was about to graduate and had no plans for my future. My parents never made me work throughout school, so they always told me to focus on the good times and freedom before adulthood. They always told me there was no shame in not going to college and that it wasn't for everyone. So in September of 2017, I started my first job, a press operator at an injection molding factory or just plastic factory to make it easy. The transition to the working world was so hard for me. I mean, I was spoiled and I have to stand on fucking concrete now for eight hours while handling other shit at the same time. My ADHD could never come home. My first night sobbing and telling my mom to not make me go back, like, que dramatica. But she dried my tears and told me I had to go back. So day after day, I was learning so much and trying to remember everything. And it was really hard, but somehow I made it. But hiding in the background was my crippling anxiety and the abyss of depression. The longer I had been at the job, the worse my symptoms got. Yes, I'm still there today. And yes, my symptoms are still here, but we'll get to that at the end. Um, I was a roller coaster of emotions and was very unpredictable. I didn't recognize myself anymore. I was running on autopilot while drowning in my own thoughts. I felt like I had multiple versions of myself, like I was one version of myself in front of my parents and my family, another in front of my friends, another for work, and then my true self when I was alone. I was so caught up in trying to change myself for everyone that I lost sight of who I was. See... If I could describe my feelings at this time in a song, it would be Good News by Mac Miller. Perfect song. Amazing song. Words are very relatable. So give it a listen if you haven't. I would go days being happy and then I would crash and be hardcore depressed for another few days. And the cycle would repeat. By this time, I'm 19 and I began binge drinking and it quickly went downhill from there. I would go over to a friend's house almost every weekend and tell my mom on a Friday night that I was going to her house for a movie night and that I would I would be back the next day and my mom would believe me. I would go as far as to go to my friend's house, take pictures of us and different things before we started drinking so that my mom, if she were to have checked on us, I would have pictures to send her and she would think we were okay. 
It didn't start with wine coolers when they asked me what I wanted when I first started drinking. I always asked for Hennessy because I thought it looked cool when I saw it and I just said fuck it. Which they brought me every single time. I remember just taking shot after shot to try and show them I wasn't a little bitch while also trying to get fucked up as quick as possible. We threw a Halloween party and had some friends from work come over and as soon as the first guest walked in, I would take a shot. Like, keep in mind that people were showing up quick as hell and there were a lot of people. I lost count after about nine shots and I don't remember about that night very well. Other than I threw up all over her bathroom door and used her clean clothes that were sitting on the floor to wipe it up. Girl, if you're listening, I'm really sorry about that still. But this continued to the point where I would be drinking almost an entire bottle of liquor by myself every weekend. And I knew I wasn't doing the right thing, but I didn't care. My manic episodes were getting more and more dangerous. And as I was drinking heavily every weekend and spending money I didn't have, I would get paid on Wednesday mornings. And by Thursday morning, I would have only a few dollars in my checking account left because of all the pendejadas I was buying. Now, as a 23-year-old, I still spend money on stupid shit. It's just that bills come first now. I wish I could be like, oh, and now as a proper adult, I'm so much better now. Nah, we still struggling. I know how to make $25 last more than three days thanks to this behavior, which is a blessing and a curse because I don't have to live paycheck to paycheck. I just choose to I guess subconsciously I go on too many treat yourself sprees and then I'm stuck trying to ration out what's left of my money to cover different things it was like I was trying to fill this void in me all the time with like stupid things and nothing was working during this time I also met my now husband Josh at work all while my friendship with her was slowly fading at first I was a little apprehensive with Josh because of the age difference and how my parents would react but once we started talking We hit it off really well, and we took things from there. My parents didn't necessarily not like him. They just thought he was a little too old for me until they got to meet him, and now they love him. For those of you who don't know, no, he's not my sugar daddy, Um, but he is 13 years older than I am, but I promise we're in love. It's not just a daddy gives me money. Lord forgive me. Um, I think I scared him once he saw how I really was and how I acted, but God bless the man for choosing to stay despite all the shit that was going on. Lord Jesus. As we started dating, we would spend the night at each other's houses switching every weekend. So like one weekend we're at my mom's and then or my parents and then next weekend we're at his mom's and whatever. When I would go to his house for the weekend, he would always have a small bottle waiting for me because my parents don't drink. And there was never any at my house when I lived with them. Even to this day, there's no liquor there. His mom would leave to her boyfriend's house over the weekend. And I would start drinking from the moment I got to her house until I either finished the bottle, threw up, or passed out. One thing I can always say is that Josh always, and I do mean always, takes care of me when I drink. No matter where we are or what we're doing, who we're with. He doesn't drink much, like mostly on occasions. So I was always the one being drunk. Um... One bottle a weekend turned into two, and now I was on the verge of being an alcoholic. I was just in denial, up until my psychiatrist told me I should start looking into AA. I felt like I needed alcohol for two reasons. One, I wanted an escape from my reality, and two, I needed it to have fun. Looking back, I think the most I drank in one night is a whole bottle of vodka, a few shots of Hennessy, and a 12-pack of wine coolers. I'm surprised I didn't die because I was mixing that with the variety of medications I was on at the time. And yeah, could have died. But I never had a hangover, so I just kept doing it. 
I slowed down a tad and Josh and I's relationship turned into an engagement and then finally we got married in 2020. I finally turned 21 and I could buy my own alcohol so you guessed it, I went ham. I was in frat party mode and I went back to my old ways. I think the freedom of finally being legal and also using my own money to buy it made something huge out of it for me. We had a fire at his mom's house one night and we brought a cooler with some pop and of course I fucking packed some alcohol for myself and it's not like two bottles it's like three bottles so I had a variety some fucking little shots whatever so the fire was barely started and I was already three shots of goose in and I made the mistake of following the pink Whitney trend at the time and I bought a bottle I finished the entire regular size bottle in a little under half an hour not to mention the rest of the alcohol I had bought I paced that for the rest of the night so for me, the mentality was either you black out or you don't drink at all. Go big or go home. And to be honest, I don't remember most of those nights. I just go off of what people tell me happened. One day, all of a sudden, though, I woke up and I realized that not only was I hurting myself and my liver, but the ones around me by my actions and behavior. I stopped drinking heavily and now I'm at the point where I don't really have a desire to drink like that anymore. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say I'm 100% sober and I stopped drinking, period. I do enjoy a casual drink here and there, and I do drink socially wherever I'm at if there's alcohol and people. Recently, within the last year, I found myself struggling once again, though, and I fell into the abyss of depression, and this time for sure I thought there was no way out. My suicidal thoughts had returned, and I was left feeling hopeless. I was having nightmares at least three times a week, the same one where I was being abducted from whoever it was around me. So like my mom could have been walking into this door and then this man comes behind me and I'm screaming for help and nothing comes out and he covers my mouth and pulls me away. It was really fucking weird. So now I take medicine for my nightmares. Shout out to Kathy. I felt like I was just going through the motions and once again running on autopilot. I didn't understand why I was feeling the way I was if I had all I could ever need and want. An amazing support system, a job, a roof over my head, and everything else I could ever need. I struggled so much with self-worth that it almost became dangerous. So my doctor finally prescribed me Pristique for my depression. And holy shit, if you're struggling with depression, mention Pristique to your doctor because it made me feel so much more like myself again. I started therapy a few months ago and I feel like I'm becoming a whole different person. I'm learning to love myself in my truest form, to let go of what hurt me and move on to healing it and to deal with my emotions by finding good coping skills. Honestly, I feel like I'm becoming the best version of myself that I can be. Now to sum all this shit up into a conclusion, I basically wouldn't be here today if I hadn't gotten the help that I did. So if you feel like you need help, never ever feel like a burden to anybody. If you want to ask for help, just do it. I promise the world is such a better place with you in it, so please take care of yourself. A step is a step, no matter how small, so give yourself credit for all that you've done. Don't be scared to put yourself first. You are just as deserving as them, and it does not, and I repeat, does not make you a selfish person. I'm learning that now. Love yourself unconditionally. You are all that you've got, and like, come on, there's nobody like you, and you're an awesome person. Always be kind to the flowers in your mind, and remember to give them plenty of water and sunshine so that they can grow big and tall. And please don't be afraid to help other people water their flowers and give them sunshine as well. As always, thanks for listening.